Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Doodads Talking. I don't even know what episode this is now. I haven't really been paying attention. Are we on... I mean, I guess I could check. Are we it's on 13? 14. I think it's 14. No. Yeah, this is 14. No, we're not at the median it's, yet. It's uh, it's 15 if that one really, really long one winds up being split into two episodes. See, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plus, which was the really, really long one. <laughs> yep. Nine. Oh, and then we went from nine to 11-ish, 12-ish, and 13-ish. Okay, so the point is that just from the times we've sat down and done our separate recording, we're definitely at number this. This would be number 13. It's the 13th but, recording. But the way this, the way this shakes out, since we're not Joe Rogan and you don't want to listen to us for three hours, <laughs> this is probably number 14 by now. So yay. Guess what? What? In episode two, I was talking about how many episodes the average podcast has. And apparently the, median or average or whatever was 14 okay wow we're on the cusp of just smashing so medians. we're yeah we're 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 awesome and nobody smashed a median this hard since the last dui that i arrested that that was good no that was bad that was really bad <laughs> what the the wreck or your joke? <laughs> well both your joke about the joke was much better than my initial joke yeah, well, actually, the, the worst part was that I was still, my head was still in, like, math land, so I was like, how does, did, did you give him a math test? What? <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> the newest field sobriety there, test. Yeah. Am I going to need to keep something else in mind next time I go out? <laughs> Just catch up on what ranges mean. Sir, how many drinks have you had tonight? Oh, okay. Um, can you tell me what the first derivative is of X plus Y minus 3? Uh okay, you're drunk. You're going to jail. Congratulations. No, well, should have paid right. more attention. He couldn't calculate first and second derivatives, so I assumed his BAC must be about 0.22. I gave him the equation for the rate of travel, and he couldn't <laughs> figure it out, so he shouldn't be behind the wheel. <laughs> he couldn't solve the quadratic equation. He couldn't even remember what it looked like. I'm right. sorry, Your Honor. Clearly, his eye on cocaine. Hit him with the whoa, book. whoa. <laughs> Wait a second. Now that was a plan. <laughs> okay. So um, before I forget uh, something we have not really discussed or talked about either. Um, you should rate or review us. If you actually like this podcast, because now we're talking about being on number 13, 14 ish, whatever. And we've never really explicitly said, Hey guys, if you like it, please say so. So more people listen to us. So this is the official plug. Um, and for the record, I just feel like this is this is a fair thing to say. You're probably thinking, man, that Tom guy is really cool. Like, you know, the other side of the pillow, like we previously discussed. Who's thinking that? Don't make that face. You'll look less cool. Um, <laughs> and you're probably thinking that Doug guy is, I mean, he's tolerable. If you rate this podcast based on your feelings for me, that hurts Tom. Don't hurt Tom. <laughs> If you love Tom, just think about Tom while you're doing the review. Show me on if, the ratings doll where Doug touched you, and then don't rate accordingly. Is that another equation? <laughs> I, I highly doubt that it's uh, it's it's split exactly that way. 
But uh, yeah, even if you don't like us, give us criticism, give us feedback, tell us what you want it to sound like. And then we're flexible. Once we find something that sits the needs and makes people happy, we can work with that. Yes. We're figuring out the structure of this thing as we go. It's already a very different cast than what it was in episode one and what we thought right. it was going to be. So uh, there's something else that you want. That's something that you would like that would make it more enjoyable. Let us know. We're, we're happy to listen. I take criticism very well. Doug does not, but I'll, I'll get nope. him through it and I'll, and I'll work him through it. And we'll make sure that, uh, you know, it, it's well received. If you want to criticize me and really make me mad, do it through like one of our support emails, not through a review. <laughs> <laughs> Those should be all fives, all five stars. Because <laughs> you know how it goes, right? In your head, you're like, well, three stars is like, okay, but not great. But then when you're actually looking at a product or a podcast or any sort of thing that you're thinking about listening to, you see someone with a three star and you're like, oh, oh, it must not be. I wonder what happened. I disagree. I am a huge fan of the Time Suck podcast. It is easily one of my three favorite podcasts ever and three favorites of anything to listen to, not just podcasts. And uh, one of his, uh, the common tropes, if you follow Time Suck and you're a space lizard there, you, uh, you know that three and a half stars wouldn't change a thing is the perfect review. That's exactly a perfect review. <laughs> I'm missing, I'm missing something then. Yeah, Where's that gotta, come from? You got to listen because, to Time Suck. I'm not going to ruin it for you. You got to <sighs> discover that one for yourself. Some right, things well, in life you got to see for yourself. And, and Time Suck is an experience you just have to have. Fine. Maybe someday when the kids are grown. <laughs> <laughs> You'd fit right in with the cult of the curious. You really would. You just uh, don't ever listen to it around your family. Well, I mean, I probably would. I mean, if something's called Time Suck, like I already feel like, yeah, I could definitely get on board with this. Because <laughs> that. <laughs> So Tom was telling me leading up to this podcast that uh, he had jumped right off of his bed into his grumpy pants was was last we were talking about a topic. So Tom told me that I needed to be Mr. Positivity for this recording. And when I saw that message, I Tom, I wish you saw the face that, that I made when you said that I need to carry the positivity. You because... sent me the perfect gift. It was 100% perfect for me. Like that was the <laughs> one. That was, it conveyed all of your emotion 100% correctly to me. Okay, good. Because we've discussed how I'm like the grumpy old man kind of personality to begin with. Um, but I've been keeping a little, because I'm also like super dorky. I have my notes app on my phone. I have a little thing for just potential topics like oh maybe if we need something we'll just discuss these and so when you're telling me be mr positivity i'm looking through the list of stuff we could use and, and it's abortion the <laughs> nice light topics huh? <laughs> you're right considering the current flavor of the day um the the thing about using dna registries like 23andme and stuff like that for crime solving so you can get caught even if you didn't do it because you know like your cousin did it or something like that um which is that's not as negative, but that's kind of like a whole, that's a huge rabbit hole. And, and it, it's easiest to talk about through the, through the lens of criminal activity. And well, then go the, uh, <laughs> the slightly more positive direction on that note where that's how they actually caught the golden state killer. That's how well, they right. caught. Yeah, and I think that was one of the things that my wife was watching was exactly that they found some match and they were like, well, this person has to be at least a first cousin of the killer. And that was how they narrowed their their suspect list down to like six or eight or whatever it was. Yeah, and they then got the, him like forty years after it had been committed, he was he was in his seventies. Well, I've been saving the best for last though. It was like three minutes before he sent me that text. I had just put in the, my topics list. 
that manifesto for the <laughs> Christian school. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not going to be Mr. Positivity at all. So we, we've had uh, there's been a couple of topics of interest that have popped into my head the last couple of days, but nothing super good till yesterday. Well, yesterday I, I call it was my grumpy pants day. It was when I was really, really struggling and really kind of feeling the pressure of all the things. And uh, I actually reached out to my dad with whom I, I do not call for just like general conversation. We, we just don't have that kind of relationship. We never have, unfortunately, just, you know, parents divorced when I was young. We just hadn't been that close. And uh, I reached out to him and today he called me back. I was like, hey, I saw I had a missed call from you. What's going on? I said, you know, I just been feeling real heavy. There's a lot going on, a lot of stress. He has really no idea of the, the things going on. Right? We talked a little bit about it, but my dad had no idea. And I just kind of like poured it all out. I'm like, this is what's going on. Like, I just need you to listen. And I just want to say it, get it out in the air. This is all the crap that's going on right now. And uh, we talked about everything, about our friend with, uh, with terminal cancer and my other friend whose dad is going through it. And one of my wife's colleagues who had an aneurysm and is in a coma and my wife injuring herself and needing surgery and being stressed out for a national board certification and some work projects for me, they're laying really heavy on me as I'm finally starting to feel healthy and get back on my feet, like just everything. And uh, honestly, the first time I'm 41 years old, it's the first time I've ever had a conversation like that with my dad. And it, it came from something a ther my therapist and I were talking about uh, a couple of weeks back. I have this, uh, how, do, how do I put this? I don't tend to forget things. I forgive and I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm like, you know, you forgive, but don't forget. I'm, I'm like living that mantra of my life where I try not to let things hold me back. And I don't hold grudges per se. But I do hold things in my mind. And one of the things I held in my mind my whole life is, you know, I'm upset that I didn't have the relationship with my dad that I wanted. And something my therapist brought up with me the last time we talked was, you know, maybe you don't have that relationship that you wanted, but you're old now, you know, old enough that you're in control of, of the direction of your life as much as you ever will be. And it's in your power to build a new relationship there. And it may not be the one you wanted, but there's no reason you can't build one that you do want and move forward with that. Instead of lamenting the one you've never had, why not try and build one? Try from scratch and put your shoulders into that and push on it. And that was kind of what I did. And we had a really good talk. And we talked about everything from cancer to chronic injuries of his to he's a born again Christian and kind of how he found that path and, and why he's there and some advice from him. It was, it was like an hour long conversation. Easily the longest I've ever talked to my dad. And it was kind of a reminder that, you know, being a dad isn't just being a dad to your kids when they're young and vulnerable, like Doug and I are right now, like we think of, I think of being a dad. But, um, you know, my dad's in his 60s and out of nowhere, despite the fact that we never really had a super close relationship, still a dad, you know, whether I want to realize it or not. And it was hopefully the beginning of a better relationship between he and I, but it was just interesting to kind of uncover that and start building what I wanted. The sort of surrogate relationship that isn't going to replace the one that I never had, but is certainly better than nothing and that hopefully turns into something down the road. I was promised grumpy pants though. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday so, yeah. would have been grumpy pants. Grumpy yesterday yesterday well, would have that's been. good for you, man. It's uh this is all coming out in post, by the way, me just sitting here trying to figure out how to put words together. <laughs> um 
I just monologued for like seven minutes. It's all right. You take all the time you need. It, um, you could sit there dead silent for four minutes, and that's still hogged more of the mic equity than you have tonight. So you got time. It's good. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. It's just always interesting to me to hear, I guess for lack of better phrasing, other experiences like that. Because I have, I mean, probably all things considered, I have a pretty healthy, good relationship with both my parents. But I was just telling my wife about this the other day, though. There was a lot wanting for me with my father when I was growing up. We've since had a couple of trips together, you know, 10, 12 plus hours in the car. Of course, you know, a poker table or two along the way kind of thing. And we spend most of the time just talking. And if we're being honest, most of the time it's me talking and him just going, "Uh uh-huh. But I do have something now that I wish I had had as a teenager. I was still his kid. Like he still loved me, but he he had no problem just jumping in the car and taking long car trips for something he was working on. It wasn't even necessarily work work. It was just something he like a hobby of his like that he was working on. And he would just be like gone for an entire week, come back for a day because he had to take care of something at the office and then he'd leave again. And I was just like, <laughs> like, okay, well, bye dad. But it was good to get those same kind of similar to what you're talking about when I got some of those longer talks and exposure time with him i did kind of realize that he he really was my dad like he did actually feel for me differently than than other people and yeah never too late i guess i'm just trying to bolster what you're saying is that i had a my own little mini version of that but my dad is over 80 so i also have had i had less time so i'd say keep going for it (laughs) he was 42 when he got married to my mother yeah, he's a cradle robber. I've accused him of that once or twice, and he just makes this face like, screw you. <laughs> and then that's the that's the entire conversation. They were both just old, old people when they when they got married. So my parents were super young when they got married. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, but they were so young that the marriage was almost doomed to not last just because just based on mm-hmm. how young they were and how much growing they had to do as people. My dad was eighteen or nineteen. Wow. I guess he was probably eighteen. Man. And my mom was 16. Her parents had to sign off on uh, like a permission on Man. to get married in the state. He was he just enlisted. And he was trying to essentially, my understanding, he was trying to kind of get away from my grandfather. And hmm. uh, enlisting was how he was going to do it. And the only way that they could still be together was if they got married. Um, he was going to Greece. So grandparents on her side signed the paperwork and they got married. And uh, they shipped off to Greece. About three years later, I came along and my brother followed about three and a half years after that, and then the divorce was a couple of years down the road from there. So they made it a long time. So they made it like close to 10 years, though, then. Yeah. Probably. Um, I want to say about wow. eight years. They were married about three before I was born, and then hmm. I think I was just under five when they got divorced. I, mean, I think I just turned five or it was just before. That's, I mean, that's a fair amount of time. I mean, it did bucks the the usual data at least around some of that stuff yeah yeah probably um because we've been going back through and and listening to some of the earlier stuff one joke that i made in one of our earlier episodes was that every time i came across something that i don't want to talk about right then and there i would just say ah later now i think it's one of those times if you want we can talk about my arrest and everything that came around to it if you want it's probably in my head, it's probably more entertaining than it actually is. But 
it's like you know my one of my puzzle pieces at least for yeah. you yeah, no, <laughs> if absolutely. you want and I've uh, I just started working on my next stand-up routine. Started writing material for that, so I think I got to hear this. I think this is something that you know is going to lend itself to my next stage performance. You know what? I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll time it so that you and your dad can come out and visit when I do my stand-up. You can come see the show. It'll be a good time, and then we'll go play some poker. Yeah. I, I just imagine me being sheriff of Rottingham and Robin Hood men in tights yep. when he's just like, "Wait, I've changed my mind." <laughs> <laughs> Wise decision. The spoon. Why a spoon, <laughs> sire? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. God, he killed that character. He was so good. Uh, I remember that whole thing is great. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll try to not make it too long, but there's there's so many mental offshoots from this. So the story starts. Are you good with this? Oh, it okay. sounds like you're good. I'm just checking. Okay. Make no, sure. Because here we, we go. We, we established pretty clearly yeah. this, that this podcast <laughs> this is going to be about mistakes as much as it was going to be. Yes. About okay. Fair and point. And this, you, you honestly, in, in my opinion on this is people would probably assume I would take a very different approach on this. This goes back to me, like not holding grudges, remembering things, but not holding grudges. For those who don't know, I, I might've mentioned that I might not have. I lost a stepbrother to a drunk driver when I was in high school. And when I was a police officer, I, I took a particular glee in arresting DUIs and, and going after people who are doing that, largely because I had lost family when I was very young to a drunk, drunk driver. So you would probably think this is the kind of thing I would hold against somebody. But knowing you the way I do, it's really kind of remarkable that something like this happens. I've seen a ton of people who get one DUI or a similar charge, and it completely derails their life. And this is an easy thing to do because in most states, a DUI is going to cost you somewhere in the realm of ten to $15,000 when all is said and done with fines, with classes, with fees, trying to get stuff. Like It's going to cost between ten to 15000 at least. Sometimes it's got other stipulations. You lose your license for a period of time and you have to find alternate means of transportation or risk losing jobs. I mean, there is a lot that goes on with a DUI. There, it is a very punitive crime. You get punished hard for that in most states. And I have seen a lot of people, especially where I was a police officer, get hit with something like that, take it and fold. And just, it was an excuse to give up and they just never recover and their life goes to the shit and they never dig their way out of it. And then you went a very different approach. And I don't know what the immediate aftermath was. I'm hoping you can hear a little about that here. But the you that I know is a successful professional man who also owns at least one business now, who owns commercial real estate, who you've started things and you've run things through and you, you clearly did not go the, I got a DUI, my life is over, I'm just going to give up route. So I think this is an exceptional example of uh, a really shitty mistake to have happen. Uh, I say mistake, I, I, it's a choice and I know that it's a decision, it's a choice, but an awful thing to happen to you, but a chance for you to fold your cards and instead you don't. This is a good one. I'm, I'm excited to hear this one. Way to rub it in. Think about how much better I would be if I didn't have the DUI. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, That's about well, what I said. And for the record, you do have free reign to just jump in and interrupt or ask questions or whatever, because there's a lot. And I'm going to go off on a shit ton of tangents because there's just so much connected to this little stretch in my life. Once upon a time in an Ohio far, far away, there was a Doug. Um, I, uh, what I mean by all the stuff that I'm going to talk about is all the mental 
um, connections that go along with this, like even things that happened before and after that I kind of ascribe to somehow being related to this, like God was making fun of me slash trying to warn me somehow. You know, in Bruce Almighty, when he's like, give me a sign and the truck turns in front of him with all the stop signs. He's like, oh, come on, what are you doing? Like, it felt like, like looking back, there were a couple of those where he was just like, dude, seriously. But so uh, 2013, I feel like the first thing I described to this is I, I bought my first car. I'd had other stuff before, like loaners, rentals. I mean, I was basically borrowing a parent's car at one point for college, stuff like that. But like my first, like I went out, I got it, I got approved for it, I haggled for it, I did everything for it. It's mine. Car was in 2013, and it was a Subaru XV Crosstrek. It was new that year. Pretty nice vehicle. I still, you know, liked it overall. But I bought it in, I want to say it was like June or July, maybe. And I'm working at Chase. I'm just having a great time being a you know mid 20s guy. I mean, I've already been. This is the thing. I'm already 25 years old. I think when I buy the car, I turn 26 after that. Like I'm not 19 year old or 21 year old, like total stupid. I'm like only mild stupid. And I'm just living the single life. And at one point I end up at a bar with a buddy of mine who's the bartender there. And he tells me when I'm leaving the bar, he's like, you okay, dude? Like you fine? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's good. I've got this app where you punch in your height, your weight, your gender, how many drinks you've had, what it was, the ounces, like when you had them. And it kind of does like a rough like BAC calculation. And so I used to use this thing. It wasn't like gospel for me, but it was like, this is how I knew like if I was going to be for sure okay or not. And I looked at this thing. I'm like, ah, I'm like a 0.06. I'm good. So he goes, this was the first like sign. He goes, okay, man, just wanted you like, just want to make sure you're okay because I don't want you to get a DUI like right when you got a new car. That would be really, you know, like you just wouldn't even be able to drive the thing. Like what a waste, right? You'd have big payments on it without driving it. It's fine. Thanks, Rich. Cool. Moving on. Nothing happened. I drove home that night. I kept doing my thing. A couple more months go by. One thing that I had been doing. Growing um, a handlebar one. mustache. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had been growing the beard. I had beard for a while. One thing I had been doing is I do have family out there on the East Coast, as previously discussed, and I had made it a point about two years before that, a year or two before that, to try to just get out there every so often just to see a couple of my second cousins, like my favorite second cousins out there. And it just settled on those trips being around September. And so I think this was this was the second or third year that I was trying to do this. Um, so I head out in the new car, full drive, like again, nothing's actually happened i just gotten this little like oh nice car oh you sure are you okay to drive like more than once kind of thing yeah i'm fine guys what the hell like fuck off so i drive out 2013 2014 yeah so this is september 2013 and i drive out there and and the deal is i'm staying out there for a weekend with with my second cousin and where was it he was in um i think it was chester new jersey does that sound right I don't Small know town, New Jersey. Yeah. Northern Jersey, his apartment, you know, meet his new girlfriend. Fast forward, they're married. They've got multiple kids. So like, fine, good job. And we're just being younger men. Uh, we go to, um, I wish I could remember all this stuff. What was this other town called? It was also in Jersey. The 
the town has a little place called the green, which is the middle of it. It's like a kind of central park ish kind of thing for the town. And there's a bar there called hopper on the green. And that's my second cousin's like favorite place to go. So we often ended up there. We went to a few other places here and there, but every night we always pretty much ended up at this bar on every trip that we went on. And this particular, or excuse me, the previous time that was it the previous time. Here's, here's where the long story short, at least one of these visits to this bar, there was this girl who was like the head turner, if you will, for that night sitting out there. And she was really obvious because she was wearing this like bright pink neon dress. And you could see a bunch of other guys like looking and wanting to talk, but not doing anything. And my second cousin was just like, you know, Doug, you've talked about how you think you can talk to anybody now. Like, go talk to her. And I was like, okay. And here's the thing. Here's, fellas, if you're a aspiring dad, a faux pas, as we've discussed recently, previously. <laughs> The secret to getting ahead is getting started. That's it. You know what it is? It's a grade school dance. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no. And then like, yeah, your butt hurt for like two seconds. But then you realize, wait, I don't actually know anything about this girl. She was just hot. So like, it's not, there's other, you know, like there's other attractive women. Like you're, you're not going to lose too much sleep over it. It's fine. Somewhere along the line, I kind of figured this out and realized that, Sometimes people just aren't going to want to talk to me and that's fine. Great. Have a nice evening. Move along. Try it again or, or just go, you know, have another beer. And so I walk up to this girl and she ends up being pretty chill to talk to. I mean, we started getting into stuff like, don't ask me how, but like why a lot of English words are rooted in Latin somehow came up and I'm just, I don't know, doing some like really poor man's version of goodwill hunting here or something with just <laughs> random factoids. Doug but she's, etymology for hookups right and <laughs> she's not interested interested you know what i mean so but like she's there with her sister and they're there with her other friend and so i get to meet all these people hey second cousin yeah i'm with my second cousin come on over here and he's looking at me like how the fuck did you do this <laughs> so we get to talking we hang out the whole night it ends up being just a really fun night just in general the really funny thing is that her sister ended up really liking my cousin who I was staying with, who had the girlfriend. And he's like, no, I got a girlfriend. So that was unfortunate for her. But so this same group, we end up keeping in contact. Fast forward now to where I've got the new car. And there's a big beer pong tournament coming up for this next trip that I'm going up to at that bar. And so I end up getting paired with just this other girl from the group and and she's i think she worked for a law firm maybe she always like she always had a boyfriend like there was never anything like aspiring there as far as i could tell she was just a really cool really smart really fun to hang out with chick and so we decided to do this beer pong tournament together we come up with a theme orange and blue 80s sports like you know we came up with this whole deal so like the day before i'm running around the city with my cousin and we're getting stuff for our various costumes. And I end up finding a sort of like a wife beater type of like sleeveless tank top thing with orange edges and like light blue, like rest of it. It's got an orange little pocket on it. I found some like jean shorts. I found orange bicep bands and a headband nice. and I'm doing the whole thing. And then I'm like, you know what's really going to be great for this? A handlebar mustache. <laughs> so. 
that was the get up. I did this whole deal, got the mustache on, got the, I think I had a visor and they didn't want hats in there for some reason. Cause like random New Jersey bars are like that. So I had to go back to the headband. But so we do this tournament. We suck. We go like two and four or something like that. We don't do very well, but it's great. So then fast forward, I'm back home in town. Just had a great trip, but I still have this handlebar mustache because let's face it, I haven't shaved it off yet. I don't really want to go completely clean shaven anyway because I haven't liked that. I've always preferred to have some sort of facial hair. And I have all these people at work and just around to to show this thing to because why not? It's one of one of the only times to that. Right. It's one of the only times you're ever going to see this because I know this is not my personality type. The best part was that I I, I will bet more than five dollars. I would bet a lot of money that having the handlebar mustache meant so many more guys at work waited and held the door open for me when I was walking in behind them. And I don't think it was like any sort of fetish thing. I think it was just they saw a handlebar mustache and they were like, oh, this guy might just decide to kill me out of nowhere. <laughs> or maybe they just wanted a mustache ride. Who knows? I don't know. I do. I do. <laughs> but yeah, they don't. I, I, I just assume it was one of those like semi-intimidating things because, you know, I'm probably just some schmuck with some stupid facial hair. But what if I'm like a weekend warrior? Just yeah. in case there are a lot of people who work for Chase, you don't know. You might want, you just don't want to get on my wrong side just in case I run into you later and I happen to be an asshole. Yeah. So, the other element to the story now, and the reason I brought up the thing about the new car and losing driving the new car was obviously because of what ended up happening, because that's just another thing that rubs into the, you know, lemon into the wound. Um, but the other thing that was happening was one of my other bar buddies here at home we had come up with some just completely silly business idea that we wanted to do. We wanted to make custom like bottle cap tables. And I mean, we got pretty far along in the planning. Like we knew what kind of like epoxy or whatever, you know, clear material we were going to use to glue everything down, where we could get the plastic sheets, where we could get the stock tables. We were trying to figure out like pricing, how we would organize it around events. Like we had kind of a full business model kind of set up. We just never actually quite got launched. But we were in the stage of what are we going to need? Bottle caps. So every time we were out, we would just take bottle caps. Like if we were hitting with somebody and be like, you going to you going to keep those? No, yoink. And just started throwing them in our pockets and doing everything. And this had actually been going on for a couple of months already. Fun fact, turns out this guy at that time was working with my now wife. So at wow. some point this came up and I was just like, I mentioned him and she goes, you know Charles? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was my almost business partner. My almost business partner. Charles is another one of those guys where we did not look like we should even be hanging out, much less like even know each other. Because as we discussed before, I'm zero tattoos, generally dorky, whatever, like cliche white dude. And Charles is like colored mohawk, tats everywhere. I mean, his knuckles, I think his knuckles said, what'd they say? I can't even remember now. It was um, it was like some pool reference, but like you know, just total like he looks like a character in like a skateboarding game. Right. Has a bunch of raunchy jokes. One of the coolest freaking guys I've ever hung out with, though. Like love him to death. But yeah, one of those dudes that that we would always get attention because it was just like, how are you two even together? So that's another important piece of the story because when I eventually get pulled over, what do I have in my pockets? Bottle caps. Okay. So that just adds to the whole element. So now we've got in each pocket. 
So here's the staging. I've got a new car. I have a handlebar mustache from New Jersey. I have bottle caps because of this little stupid business idea that, that we never ended up doing. I'm out at the bar back at home now, showing off my handlebar mustache to everybody at, at this bar who I know. And everyone's, I'm getting some mixed reviews of that's cool or that's creepy or, right. <laughs> you know, or even just, or, or even the best part was just like, eh. The people that didn't have any opinion were the ones that were weirdest to me. It's like, how could you not have an opinion about this? You know what yeah. my personality is. This is not my personality at all. Yep. I mean, when I walked into work the first time with this thing, one of the guys there, the first thing out of his mouth was, holy mustache, Batman. <laughs> so that's the kind of effect it should have had on you if you knew me. Nice. So I'm not even leaving at closing time. I'm leaving at like, I don't know, 1.45, 2 o'clock kind of thing. Closing time is 2.30. But it's already pretty dead on the roads. And I mean, I've been at this bar. It's right outside my work. Like, so I've been to this bar lots of times. I mean, it's one of those bars where, you know, you're not supposed to do this, but like the bartenders have asked me to stay to walk them to their cars kind of thing to pay my scheduling goes like I'm that I've been there that much. I'm that well known. But so I'm leaving early. I pull up to the little outlet to turn right just to go back to my apartment and I see this car coming from the left. I see the headlights. They're coming, in my mind, kind of fast. But keep in mind, I've checked my little app, and it says I'm kind of close, but I should still be good. The other thing, too, again, trying to help myself out here, I always tried to put my time when I drank it a little bit later than I actually did because I wanted to be more on the safe side. Well, some nights when I was having a little bit more fun, maybe I tried to put it right in the middle. And let's face it, I probably missed a drink or two sometimes when things were just really, you know, going. Yep. Slash, it's a phone app. <laughs> Dads. Probably not the best way to track your, your beat. This is, yes. There are more sciencey ways to do this. <laughs> Trust me. So I look and I'm sitting there thinking, I should probably just wait for this guy to go past me before I turn. It's just the, like, that's the safer thing to do. But they're not coming as fast anymore, probably because they see me just waiting to turn out. They're waiting to see what I'll do. Fine, I'll turn out. So I turn out in front of them and I start going. Don't think anything of it, but we get like about a quarter mile down the road and I look in my rear view mirror. This guy has not gone around me like I thought he would because he was going faster than I was. I see a police car, highway state patrol, I think. So what do we do? Oh, shit. 10 and 2, drive safe, don't do anything stupid. Um, I watched the video. I stayed in all my lanes. I did all my signals, made my left turn. On the actual video, there was nothing that was apparently suspect with any of my driving, I felt like. And I'm not saying that as like the victim, because you'll get to this why in a second. So then eventually the, the lights come on when I'm one turn away from my apartment so i pull over into the the next parking lot there for like the community church or something he gets out you know i pulled you over no i actually i actually don't he goes you did a rolling stop back there on you know whatever boulevard and i'm like oh so this was basically when i was deciding whether or not to wait for you like i and i i know i probably did i was coming up i was looking i saw him i slowed down and to this day, I thought I did come to a complete stop for a brief second, but I wasn't 100% sure, which there's a lesson there. I could not 
firmly state, no officer, I did come to a complete stop. So I, I wasn't really paying attention. That was the first lesson I got from this. But the other part was that the recording that got sent to my attorney eventually and that the court saw and everything, the recording started as I was turning out into the street. So we didn't so, have the reason for his stop that didn't have that. Right. Idea. So it was it right, but it was my word against his. And I mean, so far, what have we discussed? Bottle caps, handlebar mustache, Don't leaving a bar at early in the morning, my word versus Mr. Ossifer's, like, who are you going to believe? Even I would believe Mr. Ossifer, like, just from these facts so far, I would. But so I, I was a little bit pissed because I wanted to see if I actually did the rolling stop or not. And I, of course, had the conspiracy theory of, like, he edited the video to not show it because it would probably not look so bad if he actually saw it. And he was just trying to get his ticket, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, um, then he goes, you been drinking tonight? Tom, you're the former cop. What did I say? Uh, you probably said you had two beers. Yeah, two or three. (laughs) I can't tell you how annoyed I was. I can't tell you how annoyed I was. I found out later that's the number one response. No matter how many you've had, if you've had more than zero, everyone says two or three. Nobody ever says one. (laughs) Honestly, very few people say three. No one ever says four. It's always right because four is automatically. If you took them all in the line, then then you're automatically there, no matter who you are. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess what I said, two or three. Um, all right, get out of the car. Fuck. <laughs> okay. And then I realize when I get out of this car, I have referenced this before. I am a lot bigger than this dude. I mean, like a head taller than this guy. And again, he's got the tool, the literal tool belt. He's got the figurative tool belt. I, by no means am I even thinking that I'm, I'm not sitting there thinking I could take this guy. I'm actually automatically aware that he's probably on edge immediately because if I try anything, he's just going to think this bigger dude's trying something and it's just him. So I was trying to be very much like, yes, officer, no officer, like trying to be respectful. I mean, that was how I was raised anyway, to begin with. It wasn't just like, like not getting shot. It was mostly just, I just didn't want to get into more trouble. Like I'm already probably going to get in some version of trouble and I want to like damage control a little bit. Now, the other part that I deliberately left out here because it's just better at this point. The officer didn't just see a guy with a handlebar mustache with some sort of like glazed eyes saying he only had two to three beers and I'm big. So like, I'm sure something, some just physically looking at me, like there's no way this guy only had two beers. Like look at him. <laughs> um, There was a cornhole tournament with a sponsor at that bar that night. I used to be really good at cornhole. Like, you find the right suckers. I could drink free at the bar that night through cornhole. I didn't need to show you any cleavage or anything like that. I would just bet you a beer or a shot every time, and I could do that. So the sponsor hands out a t-shirt to whoever wins. Hey, guess what? I was one of the winners. There was a free beer mug for whoever won, like, an individual contest. Guess what? Guess who won? So... Not only do you're I just have checking hand- all the boxes, I'm here. checking like, the all the boxes. The thing you're missing is like the free sample of Budweiser Eau de Toilette, <laughs> pretty, like pretty spritzed liberally on your collar. That's the only thing right. you're missing. Well, I'm wearing the t-shirt over my polo shirt. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sam Adams, whatever t-shirt over a collared shirt with a handlebar mustache. There's two Bud Light bottle caps in my pocket. And when he goes to search the car, he finds the the beer mug sitting on the passenger seat right there out in the open because that's just where I tossed it. 
Yep. So it's looking awesome. And that's more or less the whole story. Uh, I did not pass the sobriety test. I asked for a, I actually asked for a blood test and he said, yeah, maybe and never actually did it because I actually thought I was fine. And when we got to the station, I blew, I blew over, I blew like a, I want to say it was like a 0. 0.09, 0. 0.092 or something like that. So it wasn't like most states uh, are it, 0.08. Is, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but there's levels. I think in Ohio, you can, if you blow over 0. 0.08, you're, you know, that that's the charge. But I think if you blow above a 0. 0.12 or 0. 0.14, it's like a different level. Like they can yeah, actually, it gets elevated. It's like, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's something like that. So I, I wasn't like the higher level. I was still bad. So that, that was another lesson was that I really did think I was okay, but it turns out that was just probably tolerance. I was not okay. As he takes a sip of alcohol. As I take a sip of alcohol. <laughs> the timing okay. there was perfect. I'm in my basement and the, the, the bed is only 57 steps away. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you don't come to a rolling stop as you come to the stairs. You know, come to a complete stop. Look both directions. Hey, there is an authority figure in this house that is far scarier than any stadium, okay? <laughs> uh, so, um, but this dude, this guy was such a dickhead. I'm sorry. I... I you guys have all heard me talk about police officers, how I support police officers. The idea of even choosing to become a police officer is somewhat irrational. Like, yes, please. I would like to have someone possibly shoot at me. I would love to do the wellness check and be the first person to discover the dead body. Like that's, you have to be a different kind of person just to even want to help the community like that. And then on top of that, knowing that a lot of people will not support you and trivialize what you're doing. So it does take a very special person to even want to be a police officer most of the time. That being said, police officers are still human, and some of you guys are assholes. This guy, I think, was one of those because, and now, of course, again, I'm biased. I have a vendetta a little bit throughout the process. From this point, I am paying attention to other people's pulled over or drunk driver or police stories now because suddenly I have a vested interest in it. Before, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You don't like a cop kind of thing. But now I'm one of those people. There's a cop I don't like, so now I'm listening. And this exact officer, two separate times, I was listening to someone else tell a story, and they brought him up by name, unprompted. I, they did not even know I had my story to begin with, and I heard this guy's name. And one of them was, she got pulled over leaving work. He said she crossed over the double yellow line. She said, no, I didn't. And he goes, okay, have a good night. So I think he was kind of fishing. Yeah. The other lesson here, even if he was just fishing, he happened to catch me. And if I had done my part to really shore up my own shit, he wouldn't have caught me. So that is one of the other lessons here. Again, as long as we're imparting stupid handlebar mustache lessons, <laughs> no matter how justified I might be socially or otherwise, the fact of the matter was I was not following the rules and I did get caught. You know, I was speeding. Sure that other guys going 70 miles an hour also, but I'm the one that got pulled over. I can't say that. You should let me off now just because he was doing it too. Um, but so he decided, this is why I think he's an asshole. He, he straight up told me, he said, this little area where my violation happened, he had three different municipalities to pick from to file the charges because of how it all intersected. He had the choice between the city of Columbus, um, the city of, I want to say maybe it was Worthington or something like that, because it was like right around that like central North Columbus area. And then wh what, Tom, you don't know? I, I know <laughs> you're shaking you're like oh yeah i have no idea yeah, i know you don't know <laughs> unless you guys were in cahoots all those years ago 
Well, I was a police officer at that time. I was cruising the midnight ship looking for DUIs. I was just uh, about six or eight hundred miles south of there, give or take. Yeah. So the um and the other one was the the northern county, Delaware County, right there. So I was around the for those of you in the Columbus area, I was around the Polaris area at this time. Now that will be enough for you to know. So this guy tells me he's like he decides to take me to Delaware County which meant a slightly longer drive, not much. I think he just didn't want to deal with any sort of like downtown traffic that you'd probably normally do with like city of Columbus or something. I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that he was trying to give me an extra five minutes to like sober up maybe and not blow potentially. I don't know. But I feel like now that I, especially listening to police podcasts, I feel like one thing he didn't know was that Delaware County is a lot harsher on DUIs than Columbus a lot. So even though I could make up, he was maybe trying to do an extra five minutes to, to give me a shot kind of thing. I think he was just trying to, to hit me with the book because I don't know, whatever he's going to take the time to pull me over and do all this shit. So he should, he should do that. So I get in, I get booked. Tom still hasn't shown me the picture. (laughs) In all, in all disclosure, Uh, I deleted it after I saw it. Mm. When you ask someone to send you a picture that's not related to an active investigation, you're well, not supposed yeah. to do that. That's so the, the individual who who did that favor for me, if it were ever to come to light that he okay. or she did it, would get in trouble. So I literally saw it and deleted it, and that was that. I am willing to ask for it again, <laughs> and as long as I mean... we can keep that on the DL, I will I will <laughs> gladly share. But I don't want anyone, any of my friends to get in trouble for doing me favors like this. That, oh, that's that's fine. Oh, no, that's fair. I mean, is there something I can just sign that says, yes, this is me. You're probably wondering how I got here, but please send me my, my own mugshot photo. I'm sure there's <laughs> like, some kind of request where you can go on and find that, honestly. There's, there has to be. It's got to be public record, and there's got to be an easy way for you to find that. You might have to pay a fine, like a processing fine or something, but... There yeah, has got honestly, to be a way you can go find that. As there are way. some websites that have those up where you can look up people and, and their mugshots and all that stuff. So maybe I'm out there somewhere. I don't know. I haven't, no, I haven't noticed. But, well, anyway, I just thought it might be funny to see because I'm sure I don't look happy. <laughs> so this guy brings me to Delaware County. I, I do have a couple of lawyer buddies. And so, oh, Delaware County, they're weird. Hold on. And he takes a day to find someone who actually works in Delaware County who comes recommended from him. So I get referred to this guy. We go to the whole thing. I sit down with him and he goes, did you blow? And I'm like, yes. And he goes, God, like really wish you didn't blow because then it's a true like he said, she said kind of situation. But whatever, fine. The shortened version of that story is that it was three different court dates. I had to get clean shaven every single time. I never actually went in, though. Every time they were just trying to fire through stuff, and only my attorney went in to talk to the judge, and he came out and reported back to us. And the third time, we were pleading not guilty anyway, um, but he was straight up saying, like, pleading not guilty is right because you're at least fighting the maximum sentence more or less that way. Because what you really are trying to hope for is to try to end up working out some sort of deal by pleading not guilty. And so he comes out this third time because we were trying to like string it along as much as we could, essentially. And he goes, "Okay, they're offering a deal right now because of whatever that's been happening that they're really behind on. And he goes, honestly, I think you should take it. Okay, I mean, like I'm paying this guy for his advice, but the stipulations were I could not drive 
for six months from the date of the incident. Um, I could not drink alcohol or possess alcohol for one year from today, right now, like the setting of the decision. Also, for one year from right now today, I would not be allowed to go to an establishment where alcohol was served or sold as the primary form of business. (laughs) So you can go to Applebee's, but but you can't go to the titty bar. Okay. Well, and as I found out from my probation officer, I can go to Applebee's, don't sit at the bar. Even if you're just having like a water or a Diet Coke or something, don't sit at the bar, sit in the dining room. Like just don't be up there near all that stuff, even if you go to a place like Applebee's. So that was pretty harsh already. And then I had to pay some sort of fine. I want to say it was probably like $1,500 or something like that. And then I had a choice between a one of those, you know, hotel classes programs for a weekend or three days in jail. And I could, you know, pick between those. And like you were talking about, Tom, I've already paid my lawyer multiple thousands of dollars. I've paid this fine. That's another four figures. I've paid for just other stuff too. Like when it comes down to, you know, like the processing fees for my car and everything like that. I mean, the officer was nice. He did say like, I was so close to home that he said I could just walk back to the car and drive it back to my apartment the following day. And he kind of trusted me for that, but I've already paid thousands of dollars. So the hotel class was another like 500 or 600 bucks. And I did sit there and think, maybe I should just go to jail. It's free. Yep. <laughs> I could They're just gonna go feed to jail. Me. They're going to give me a place to sleep. <laughs> right. You know, credit my parents too. They kind of did the whole like, we're not going to leave you with outright fines to the state, but this is your problem. Like you're, you're paying, you're doing it all kind of thing. We'll still be your parents, but we're not going to like get you out of any of this. So this was all coming out of my own pocket. This was all out of my own time. So yeah, even saving another 500 bucks at that point was looking pretty good. But I decided, you know what? It's probably better to just be in like a hotel than it is to to be in jail for a couple of days. But you know what? I still affectionately refer to that time as hotel jail. Because when you walk in, they tell you, you are not allowed to leave. You can't even go out to the parking lot to get something out of your car. If you happen to be one of the people who's allowed to drive here, you can't do anything like you're in here. You're here until, until, you know, whatever it was, 6.01 PM that, that Sunday night or whatever it was. And, you know, it was nice. Like it was a Marriott in one of our nicer, like suburbs around the Columbus area. And I did kind of have a little bit of that like prisoner feeling like the fact that I could not leave, like I was confined. It did kind of get to me for half a second. Like, wow, this sucks. Like I can't even go outside to have a breath of fresh air. It's certainly like this door. I'm not allowed to go through this door. Like my freedom was limited to a degree. And and it sounds really stupid because it's not nearly what other people go through. But that was kind of enlightening for me. Like, wow, I really can't do this. So that being said, we had a great fucking time in that class i am a little bit of an entertainer when i get into situations like that i was not disruptive per se but by the end of it we we all were like buddies like half of us like just got along great to the point where the instructors they were like this is the best class we've ever had you guys all like like each other (laughs) and we had a pizza party and uh, so you know sure the alcohol helped yeah right well the um the best part was that 
I get out and some of my coworkers are like, you cannot keep talking to these people. Like, I know you met them. You have any idea you met them in your like hotel drunk driver's class. You can't like hang out with these people. You'll get in trouble. I'm like, eh, you know, you're probably right. So I haven't talked to any of these people for a while. I feel kind of bad about that because they're really great people. But I will say the first thing that happened when I walked through the doors of hotel jail, probably the worst thing that could happen was there's I look to my left I've got my bags and there's a pile of people sitting in the in the lobby and I start to figure out looking at all the faces real quick for those of you who have never been and probably never will be to hotel drunk drivers jail it is the widest spectrum of people that you will ever see like from a physical standpoint You have your 21-year-old white girl, and you have your 45-year-old white dude, probably a drug dealer on the side. He looks like beat to shit. You have a black guy, an Asian chick. You have have, your chick with the arm sleeve tattoo who doesn't talk to anybody and goes to the gym every chance she gets, like kind of thing. You have all these different people like all these different personalities in this place so like, i look over and i'm like none of these people look like they should be even sitting near each other okay this is probably my class smirnoff smorgasbord of people <laughs> exactly and what happens out of this crowd of people someone goes <gasps> dog shit someone knows me this is not good this is not a good look for the instructors who have to sign off on me not having a problem later. Yep. And it was just some, you know, waitress I had known from whatever, from just being out and about. But just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> no one else knew anybody somehow, but but You don't want to be a knew... familiar name at one of those events. That's not what yeah, you want to be. Yeah, exactly. She runs up and she goes, oh my god. I'm so glad there's someone I know here. And I'm like, please shut up. Misery loves company. (laughs) shut up. (laughs) But, you know, I can't really blame her. Like, for her, it was probably, like, earth-shattering. And it did feel good to have not total strangers around. But still, that was the other side of that. Um, You know, if you ever get bored, attend one of those classes anyway. Because they have the guy come in and talk about seeing, like, cats floating on his ceiling because he had so much alcohol in his system. And... The uh, the attorneys that volunteer to do some of those talks are actually really cool dudes. I actually really liked, you know, a lot of the, the people who volunteer their time for that. They're people that actually kind of give a shit. And it wasn't like the the instructors are the ones who are like, look around the room. 70% of you are going to be back within like two years. And 33% of you, this is already your second or third time. And like, you know, they try to do the scare tactic. But the people that actually devote their time to this for the most part are actually pretty cool people. But apparently I was one of the like 20% who was just like, we won't see you again. So I did that class. I got out. And part of me being, I've mentioned before how I was grandpa to my group of friends, my bar group of friends. I'm the youngest person in the group, but everyone jokingly calls me grandpa because what, you know, why would you do that? That's stupid. So remember, part of my punishment is I can't possess alcohol. So my parents very nicely took all my alcohol out of like, I just had little bottles of stuff, you know, even partially finished in my like stuff that I haven't even touched for like three years. Like, like, again, I'm not like sitting there like being an alcoholic in my apartment. I just had like a bad place, bad time kind of outing. So they cart all my alcohol out and I kid you not, I did not go to a single bar 
or anything like that. I didn't set foot in one for that whole year. I still had to wait another month to even get my license back and to start driving again. I kid you not, I did follow every single thing to a T. And at one point, <laughs> one of my group of friends were over at you know a house party. I even tell them like, listen, if you guys start drinking, I am going to have to go. So if you want to do that later, like, that's fine. Just tell me I'm not going to like ruin your fun, but I can't be here. And they were good about it. But the one she looks at me, she's one of the bartenders in the group. And she goes, I swear to God, Doug, we were talking about this. And you are the only person who would actually follow all of these things if you <laughs> actually do. I'm like, well, thanks, I guess. You know, like I'm trying, I got caught. Like, you know what? Them's the rules. The judge could have put me in jail for six months if he really had a bad day. So I'm like, I'm okay following the rest of the rules. You don't uh, want to go back to hotel jail. Oh my God, a hotel. I wouldn't. I probably would hotel <laughs> it sucked me and you know some of the stories that they that some of the other people in that class told because some of them were there their second or third time some of the stories they told were like wow people out there do have problems like someone uh the instructor said that they had someone someone's f- texted their friend and their friend came and was throwing bottles of hand sanitizer to them on their balcony from their hotel room so that they could drink this hand sanitizer just to get some alcohol in their system and I made a face that was like, that's not true. And someone right behind me goes, oh, yeah, that was probably from like, like the last class that I was in. And I was like, oh, this is real. And he goes, yeah, it's definitely real. So they have all these things like your rooms are interior rooms facing the interior courtyard. Like they explain why they have all these different rules because someone tried something. Kind of thing. So there are some people out there with some real problems. Um, but I did spend even leading up through all this. I did find some people to help me drive to work every day, but probably close to half the time I walked to work. I And I felt lucky for that. I was about two miles from work or so, give or take, from, like as the crow flies. And I started timing it. I could lock my apartment door and be sitting down at my desk 47 minutes later, 48 minutes, almost to a T. It was great. I got to longer than two miles then. Well, I was probably, I mean, I was probably walking two-ish miles an hour. I mean, three miles an hour is a pretty brisk walk. I figured I was averaging two or slightly under two um, because, hey, you know what? I got to smoke three cigarettes like along the way. It was it was not bad. And especially with my schedule on, on some of those Saturdays, I had to be like walking at 6.30 a.m. So I got to see like sunrises. It was actually a weird... <laughs> Look at this beautiful world. I didn't know it was here. Yeah, it was kind of a weird part of my life where I got a little bit of life experience. My landlord was like, hey, we've got a report of a car that hasn't moved for three months. Is this anybody's <laughs> car? I'm like, whoops, sorry, bro. Yeah. My bad. It's got um, another three months at least before it moves again. You're right. Yeah. But the the other I forgot to mention it. Um the day after this happened because it was Saturday night. So it was Sunday morning and the way the timing worked out September, right? It was opening day of NFL season. So I'm walking to a restaurant to watch the Browns game. I've got a Browns Jersey on. So you know how great it is to be walking along the side of the road. And I mean, every other car is honking at you (laughs) because there are the every pedestrians here. Another part of the experience, and it was the day after, like I just lost my ability to drive, and now here I am getting honked at 
not even making money for it. <laughs> so I did all of it. And I came back around. I shaved off the handlebar mustache before it got me in trouble again. And then uh, grew it all back. And yeah, fun times. The, um, the, the last little bit was my probation officer's name was also Doug. So really bonded over that one. He got to look at me and say, oh, I've never had a Doug before. Wow. Yeah. The other side of this. Did he have a Doug afterward or? I don't know. I've. I decided to never call him again when he said, go away, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but, like one, but here's the other trick. So one thing that did happen, I can't drive. I can't drink. I can't have alcohol. I can't even be anywhere where alcohol is the you know, primary thing. I've talked to him about him before. Who in my family loves to go to the casino? My father. Who wants to hang out with his son now that he's got a bunch more free time on his hands? My father. I call my probation officer and I say, hey, am I allowed to go to the casino? And he goes, well, yes, because technically they don't make their money from alcohol primarily. They give it away for free, actually. So they're, they're really not making money on that. Right. Well, this, yeah, this casino, I don't, I don't think they give you too much away for free. But, so, but, but the point was that I feel like that was a loophole. Because if you were to sit there and like make regulation, you're like, where should our drunk drivers be allowed to go? You know what? We should let them go to the casino and gamble their money. <laughs> that that just sounds totally legit. So I spent a lot of time at the casino and I learned a lot of poker. And I had a lot of Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks well for listening. It's a Thank good you. story. Kind of a bummer, but it's a good story. I did learn a lot. Um, at the end of the day, you have power over what you do. There was one guy at my work who got a DUI charge a month after I did, and he was completely done in the clear, full-fledged driving again and allowed to go out to bars one month before I was driving again. Because he got the the other county, like Franklin County, where they just they get a bunch of these all the time. So they're just turning and burning them. Yeah. Whereas I got the county where they just have time. I mean, but the moral of the story here is that at the end of the day, I can sit here and complain about all the things that happened to me. And I have had more severe punishment than anyone else I've ever heard of who's actually gotten one of these like in the real world. But there were at least three or four different times where I could have done something about it. And I'm not just talking about like calling an Uber. I mean, like I could have instead of like trying to lean on my app and shave it down to the last half a percent, I could have just said, you know what, I'm just not having this extra shot or I am just going to sleep in the car for an hour or even more simply, if I just waited for this officer to go by me. I would have had to stop. I wouldn't have had the rolling stop. I would have seen that he was an officer and I was obviously good enough to control my vehicle at that point because I did. So there's a lot of stuff that I could have done differently, could have done better or even just not done. And I wouldn't have had any of this. At the end of the day, it was good for me because I did think that I was just barely under the legal limit and I wasn't. So that showed a blind spot literally for me. 
and it did work out and I did resolve. I do not want to be one of these people in hotel jail a second time within like a year or two. I do not want to be one of these people because at that point it will be obvious I do have a problem because I've already gone through enough shit that I don't want to end up here again. So I haven't. Plain and simple. Yeah. And yeah, I paid a couple thousand bucks for it, but the actual not being allowed to drink any alcohol for a year. That was the toughest one because, you know, sometimes you just have a rough day at work and you don't even have a problem. You just want something that kind of like takes that edge off for one second, just one beer. I couldn't do that. And I did miss that. But I I remembered thinking, I just don't want to be this bottled up again, pun intended. And and it was just kind of like a pride thing. I don't want to end up here again because I'm better than this. I, I should be better. Um, on the plus side, I probably saved over a thousand dollars in bar bills for a whole year and I probably lost like five pounds too. So there you go. Thanks County. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to save up a little bit of money and lose a little bit of weight, go have a few shots, cut off a police officer, have all, all kinds (laughs) of wonderful milieu inside your car to really set the stage and set the tone. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Hey, you know what? We're in Ohio. Um, issue tube just passed, so you can even pick your literal poison. <laughs> Mar- marijuana or the Aki Hall. You know, it's it's funny. We were um we were at a dinner mm. for, for the friend that I've been telling you about, who doesn't have much time left. We we were out with her at a dinner at one of her favorite old college restaurants, and there were eight or nine of us there. And I don't know how it came up. Somehow we were talking about FSTs and DUIs and one of the guys there. Um, Sorry, what's FSDs? FST, field sobriety tests. Oh, okay, FST. Sorry. But one of the guys there, as an aside, I, I once broke my ankle slapping him on the ass in Germany during Oktoberfest. And not one word of that story is exaggerated. So that's a story that we can tell later, too. Next time, episode 15. <laughs> yes. Ass ankle story. Ass ankle story. Um <laughs> He said something about, you know, yeah, Tom must have some good DUI stories. Like, there must be some good ones because he was a cop in Newport News and, like, he had to. And and, uh, and the one that came to mind immediately, there was a gentleman who was very clearly under the influence as he was operating his vehicle. It's, it's not this, not the way you described yours, where you stayed within the lines and you maintained a steady mm-hmm. speed and you appeared as though you were driving fine. Honestly, the way you describe it, you said, I feel like I could take that to court and argue against that. And it, probably anyway i mean i watched it yeah. you know how awful it is to watch your own arrest as it's happening like i don't <laughs> and, and i'm grateful that i don't like, but i'm uh, sure it's bad yeah it's not the best side of you no matter how composed no. you are it's not the best side of you but no. this gentleman did not fall in those parameters i mean he was like straddling the the line and speed was varying on a 45 mile per hour road he was going anywhere from 10 miles an hour to 65 within a quarter mile stretch and then back again, turned his turn signal on the wrong direction before he made a turn. I think he put it on a left turn and then made a right one across two lanes. Like clearly this gentleman was out of it. Pull him over, walk up, introduce myself. Uh, I, I pulled you over because it appears as though you're operating your vehicle under the influence. Because you're doing everything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but I explained why if I pulled him over and I said, you know, can I see your license and, uh, and registration? And he hands it to me. I said, you've been drinking tonight. He says, no, officer, not a single drink. I was like, huh. And to his credit, I don't smell anything in the car. I said, do you have any medical issues? Is there anything going on with you medically that would explain, you know, why it appeared you were driving this way? 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm super healthy. I'm, I'm a healthy guy. I'm, I'm, I'm real healthy. You said it like seven times. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. Okay. All right. Well, are you intoxicated right now? Are you under the influence? No, no, officer. No, it's, I'm not. It's not even possible for me to be. Sorry. Would could you mind stepping out of the vehicle? We're gonna do some FSTs, and I'm just gonna see. And if you pass all my field sobriety tests, and then you pass the, the preliminary breath test, you know. If, if you pass all these things, I'm I'm going to let you go and I'm going to write you a ticket for the way you were driving. But if you're not DUI, if you were on your cell phone and you were swerving and acting erratic, like that's a very different thing. He says, yeah, yeah, of course I'll get out. I hear this now and I'm like, this is this guy's like at least third rodeo. <laughs> well, honestly, he was so nervous that I was starting to reconsider and go, man, maybe he just saw a police officer, He's a young college kid. Like maybe he just saw a police officer, was on his phone, freaked out and didn't know what to do and was like having a panic attack in his car. I was going into the <laughs> FSTs. I'm going, I think that might be what's going on here. But his driving was so bad that mm-hmm. I could not get it out of my head that he was clean. And I had only been on the on the street, I don't know, maybe a couple of months, two months maybe. So I was still pretty green too. But we go through the FSTs and he does not pass the field sobriety tests. It's pretty bad. He fills them pretty badly. But then I get him to blow into the preliminary breath test and he blows a 0.0. <laughs> and I went, this is an anomaly to me. Like I'm, I, I don't understand. Well, did you have the, like here. the eye thing? Did you do, were you, do you he, guys he, do the he, eye he thing? Did, where that's... He did have a little bit of nystigmus. Okay. Cause that's that not should something... be the like surefire. Like you can't beat that. No, not in, not in Newport news, Virginia. If you bring that okay. to court, the first thing defense attorney is going to ask well, you is what's your medical training? And well, right. I and... mean, like, I know they, I don't, I know they don't accept it in court, but I've heard that that's like the thing that if you have that, like you, you are intoxicated, yes. like the, the court won't necessarily accept it, but like thing. you're guaranteed intoxicated. Yep. yep. That is yep. the best. And so I'm pretty sure that this is going on. It, Honestly, like narcotics never crossed my mind. I had I had only been there for like a month and a half, two mm-hmm. months on the street on my own, and narcotics yep. never even crossed my mind. But I show him that he, he says to me, so what did I so what did I blow? And I said, You blew a zero point zero. He goes, So that means nothing, right? I was like, Yeah, that means nothing. He goes, Man, I'm so glad. I wasn't sure if heroin would show up on that or not. Well, thank you very much. Put your hands behind <laughs> your back. <laughs> like, you just made this much easier for me. Thank you very much. Every time we get a little bit closer. Uh-huh. Yep. That that was one of my favorite DUIs of all time. It was holy uh, crap. Yes. And that's what people forget. DUI does not mean driving under the influence of alcohol. It means driving under the influence of a drug. Yep. yep. That's the big thing with, with the marijuana thing I people don't realize was that when Colorado and Denver and Colorado did that, it didn't get a lot of publicity because it's not as good clickbait, but marijuana does impair some of your physical abilities you know reaction time and stuff like that for at least certain people so yeah so i mean there's gonna be people don't like to talk about it but there will be a lot more duis now with marijuana coming up here people don't think about it because they don't think about it like they do alcohol holy crap that's a fantastic story it was a good one it was it was a fun night that night that was that was like dude what are you doing I could do a whole episode of telling DUI stories. Like I could pull up some old notes and we could do a whole episode. Oh on my that. god. There was well, a guy that I arrested for three DUIs in a twenty four hour window. No that way. should never happen. They should never have let him out of jail that but they did. Oh my god. I got god. him three times. I got him twice in one shift. And then I got him the next night when I first one came shift. on within like an hour of hitting the road at the same time. Oh my god. I had I had a pair of brothers that were in a car. 
that didn't want to talk to me that I, I knew them by first name because we were out of their trailer all the time. So I, I pulled them over and I knew them by name. And um, that's got to be the best part about being a cop. You roll up and you're like, son of a bitch, yeah. Danny, what the, f- <laughs> what are you doing, <laughs> yep. man? Damn it, Doug. <laughs> he's like, saying, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, officer. <laughs> yep. Yep. But those two were fun. I had a night where somebody, uh, somebody <laughs> was drunk as hell and their car died at a red light. And their friend was driving behind them who was also drunk. They were coming from the same bar. They were both oh, drunk. Man. They were both driving separate vehicles. And uh, his car was dead at a red light intersection. His, his buddy goes, well, it's a stick shift, right? He says, yeah. He says, well, we'll just push your car and you can jumpstart it. He goes, oh, that'll work. So in order to push the car, he lo- he rolls his car up against the bumper and hits the gas and tries to push him. Uh, Pushes him into the intersection, into oncoming traffic. Saw the man in movie trash. The car that they hit was also a drunk driver, so I got three oh DUIs, <laughs> one stop. Oh, we've got stories, man. I oh gosh, those stories. There was a woman who was intoxicated and gave us a false ID, and like we couldn't look her up in the system, and she played all sweet and innocent. And, and as soon as we figured out who she was and and what her real mm-hmm. name was, she switched and started telling us about how she was uh, the head. Well, that's a that's a bad pun that came out in, in the wrong way. <laughs> she was the local gangbanger for for that area, thirty six Bang Squad. She was his like chief blowjob woman is mm. is the nice way to say it. She was his head head girl, and she was like, ah, suck that, da 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 da, and I will have him light you up if you bring me downtown. And she threatened us every. I mean, it was amazing the flip of the switch with her. We you know, because because that's what will happen. The police will be like, oh, you're threatening me now. I will totally back off yeah, and go yeah, easy on you because that's totally what happens in not a completely fraudulent country. I got it. <laughs> I got a DUI and a guy named Zeus. Can't make up that name. His dad. Yes, you is, can. Well, the Greeks can. did. Well, I guess that's fair. His dad was a very serious somebody in the city. And mm-hmm. when I arrested him, the first thing he said is, do you know who I am? I said, well, you're you're not the, the son of the Kronos. God of Thunder. <laughs> I should have said that. I said, you're not the son of Kronos, so I don't care. And he goes, no, Kronos isn't my dad, but you should know who my dad is. Like he completely missed the reference. And I was like, man, we're, we're just going to take you downtown. You can tell the magistrate, you know, who you are, who your dad is. And he did. And he threatened me that his dad was going to get my badge and his dad was going to do this. And his dad had lawyers. He wasn't wrong about his dad's influence and his dad's wealth and his dad's power. He wasn't joking. Um, right. But he was also dead to rights. It's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Luckily, we're still a country where your actions can can screw up your powerful dad's position instead of the other way around. Yeah, we'll do an episode. <sighs> I'll tell some DUI stories. Well, some I'd love stories. to hear some of that, but you're still on the hook for your ass ankle story. <laughs> maybe even <laughs> maybe even next time. <laughs> That's a pretty short story. We can tell that one next time. We okay. That, that'd that. be good. That'd be good. Man. I just feel so vulnerable right now. I feel exposed. Nah, I can't reach your ass from there. You're fine. Well, yeah, that's why I'm putting it in the seat. <laughs> Guard your back. That's the real reason he chose hotel jail. He he didn't want anybody putting a pen in his pocket in real jail. Yeah, you know, I, that's I, and that was actually what it came down to was this is going to come as a shock to everybody listening, but I am not tough looking. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big guy, but he's not a big I mean, timid yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I have gotten the, don't get me wrong, like, I, I'm not, like, a total pushover. I mean, I said, when I when I say that, like, I've broken up plenty of fights in my day, I'm not saying that as, like, a semi-macho, like, well, I've never been in a fight, but kind of thing. Like, I really have. Like, I've been in the middle of 
don't ask me how, but I've been in the middle of domestic disputes with the two of them spitting at each other over my shoulders kind of thing. Like I've been in that and I've stopped that and I've stopped the bleeding guy on the, on the ground from two Marines who wanted to literally kill him. And they were telling me that they would kill him. I've been in that. Like I've not, it's not like I haven't seen anything, but yeah, I'm I'm not exactly someone you want to like, if you double cross me, I'll be like, that was mean. And then I'll, and then I'll not trust you again, but I won't like break your leg or anything. So I thought about it and I'm like, you know, even light jail probably just isn't my speed so much. I should probably just avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better in a Marriott. Jail would not go well for me. I'm, um, I have a very aggressive conflict seeking personality and I, yeah. I would not do well in jail. That's my thing too. Like I wouldn't seek the fight, but someone would do something that inevitably would happen. And I would make a face at like, that would basically in so many words say you're a fucking dumbass. And that would come through loud and clear. And then I'd suddenly have a problem on my hands. So I wouldn't be afraid, but I would get my ass beat. I think you chose well. If if it was like, if cards were on the table and I had to go in, like there was no other option, I would find a way to probably survive. I'm, I'm not a total pushover, like I said, but I do know that I would have to make some permanent changes to my personality at that point. And I just don't want to have to, to have to go through that if I don't have to. So yeah. that's why I'm wearing a polo shirt. Doing a podcast in my basement next to my furnace. With a guy you've never actually met that you're sharing your life stories with, who's sharing his life stories about his father with you. It's fine. dynamic we have. It's part of the allure in this digital age of Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> We're still talking about that comeback, huh? Oh, all the time. I'm going to do my dad joke now because that's one of the things that we're still carrying on through everything. I'm very happy with this one, Tom. So happy with it that I hope you don't get it. Okay, that's that's, good, that's how happy I am with again, it. So I'm, I'm you have a dark one? one? I had a dark one. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, ready? How do you make a rabbit stew? I don't know. Keep it waiting. <laughs> Cute. That is really good. <laughs> that is really good. Yeah. Nicely done. I knew it was going somewhere Thank in that you. direction. I right. could not figure that out. Uh, in honor of Veterans Day, I decided to go the veterans angle with my dad joke. We um, I had a ceremony oh. at my kid's school today, and it was very sweet and very nice and very thoughtful. So Veterans Day has been very present on my mind. So in honor of that, my, my uncle, who was a Vietnam veteran, he always told me that um, there's one experience that will always stick with you, whether you're an adult or in a child or man or woman. There is one thing that will always stick with you for the rest of your life, and that's napalm. Holy shit. Yeah, we went there. Sorry. We went there tonight. No. The face Doug is making right now. I kind of wish we had, uh, I kind of wish we were doing this video because, yeah, that's the reaction you want there. (laughs) Maybe we'll, um, we'll publish it later. Holy shit. That's like the darkest thing you've ever said. (laughs) Is it darker than Sally? I feel like Sally was darker. Was that wrong? It's rivaling like dead baby joke though, kind of darkness. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I can work with that. I feel like Sally was the darkest I went so far. It's like saying that, like you know, I really appreciated Chernobyl because then I got an identical twin. All right. <laughs> oh, you know, that joke's kind of rad, actually. You don't forget it, well, man. You're welcome. Happy Veterans Day to all those who Yikes. served. My uh, my brothers and sisters in arms, thank you for your service. 
we're gonna publish this as episode one just so we can get it out there real quick no 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 it's whenever it airs it's i'm of the firm belief that it's always a good day to think of that so well yeah you know what it is and and um this is something that i do want you to see if you ever come out here my little company which again pushing it forward another topic for another day but how tom and i met was tom was helping me with my business idea that i had and uh this business made a little donation on behalf of the veterans for our veterans memorial. So when you come out, I do want you to see that sometime. Yep, and uh, the city that I'm in now, they're, they're very cool with a lot of this stuff. The um, I'm on the parks and recreation board. Our parks director is a really cool dude, really has his priorities in order. And they, they did this new park, like this monument. They broke ground on Veterans Day in 2021. And they commemorated, like, did the the commencement speech for the park on Veterans Day of 2022. And, I mean, they had, like, our local, like, house rep come out and give a speech and the the city mayor and all that. So, like, it was a, it was a really cool thing. And, and it's, it's a really neat monument. They have different monuments for veterans from each war, kind of separated. They have, like, a plated, like, bronze plated, like, covered area. They have, a, like, a little walk with a bunch of different like stories and monuments along the way too. And then like a donor's wall. And so it's definitely much more than community would need to do if they felt it was obligatory. So I do appreciate that. And then they, they intentionally embedded the park within like a larger park. And one of the things that this, that they do every year at this larger park is they plant a thousand American flags every Memorial day. And it's meant to honor fallen veterans. So not going to lie. I'm pretty proud of my city with some of this stuff when it comes to veterans. So cash in the checks that the rest of us don't want to. Yeah. One of the most formative experiences of my life. I say all the time the military was, it was only eight years, but uh, seven really, but it, it did grew me up a whole lot more than the previous 18. And uh, law enforcement was another, it was only four years of my life, but that one probably the most personal growth and personal change of any four-year period of my life, including the year that I went to Iraq. This is the best dichotomy that you and I have. You're the police officer veteran, and I'm the not. <laughs> <laughs> You're the handlebar mustache yeah, going to Marriott I, Jail. My formative experience also involved the police. <laughs> <laughs> Veterans and military members have always liked me, and I have no idea why. It's not like I've gone out of the way like, I have a buddy of mine who looked at me one time and he goes, you know, Marines always hate me. He just said that one time. I was like, really? Marines always love me for some reason. Air Force guys are the ones I don't get along with. I get along really well with Marines and Navy pretty hmm. consistently. Army is, is also pretty solid, but if there's someone I'm not going to get along with, it's Air Force. If there's someone I'm absolutely going to get along with, it's a Marine. And I don't understand exactly why, but interesting yeah i know because it doesn't really fit my personality I, I don't feel like i would mirror a marine as I, I feel like i would mirror an air force guy more than i would a marine for example but well it's sometimes it's, it's not the similarities in ourselves that we seek out in others it, it's something yeah. else it's something different it's something it's a novel experience that we didn't get to have that we want to be a part of of, Maybe. of our current experience like that's a big part of it yeah. Well, I wonder if some of it comes right down to like literal like viewing chain of command, because I had an interesting conversation with a Navy buddy of mine once upon a time where he told me and this was <laughs> um, if this is the last time I talked to any of you guys, then it was nice knowing you. 
But he broached to me one time because uh, when it was when Obama was president, and he said, because I was talking about some stuff that Obama was doing that I did not personally like, and he said, so it's the actual, it's the true like French ticking time bomb kind of proposal of of do you torture somebody even though it's morally wrong to save a bunch of people kind of like you know the real the the thing that would never actually happen probably scenario is what I'm what I'm getting at here, but he said. If you have a truly corrupt, evil, trying to bring the country down president, and you have a chance to assassinate the president and effectively save the country from total ruin, and you could get away with it, like you wouldn't be thrown in jail forever or executed for it or whatever, like you could do it purely for the good of the country. And the question was just, would you do it? And my Navy buddy said he probably wouldn't because of his respect for the office, because that's the commander in chief. That's your chain of command. Like no matter how bad he is, he's your commanding officer. He wouldn't have it in him to cut off the head of the snake when he's part of the snake kind of thing. And my answer was given your, your ridiculous situation. Absolutely. I would because of my respect for the office. We both said the same reason, but it was different. For my thing, I'm respecting the office, not the man. And he was respecting the man because of the office. And that was a really interesting concept that I ran into. And so I've always wanted to have that conversation with other veterans and other folks. But it's kind of like Princess Bride. Like, do you always begin conversations this way? <laughs> Excuse me, um, would you assassinate the president if you could? And they'd be like, well, you're from the FBI. See you later. <laughs> kind yeah, of I'm, I'm sure they're listening to us already. They probably are. Yeah, my, my take on that is um, it's not about the office. It's not about the man. It's about the thing I'm trying to teach my kids all the time is you can't control other people's actions. You control your own, and you need to be responsible for your own actions. And I took an oath to protect this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that was an action that, that I took. And, and I'm, I think I would honor the oath. And if he's an enemy to this country, mm -hmm. if, if he's a mm -hmm. domestic enemy of this country and he's a threat, then I have to believe I would probably err on the side of pulling the trigger. I'll add another layer to this too. Um, for me, the, my biggest motivation for it, it's not necessarily just for the country. It's also for my family bringing down an entire infrastructure is a problem for my family. I'm, I'm not trying to do a shameless plug here, but something that's always kind of stuck with me was um, one of the mottos for Notre Dame, where I went to school was God country Notre Dame. And my parents used to say that they loved that because Notre Dame was third on their own priority list based on that motto. And I used to agree with them, but since having kids, that's not my motto. My motto is God, family, country, and then whatever else. And I'll admit some days I'm living family, God, country. And really, if I'm being a good Catholic, it should be God, family in that order. But the point is that in that scenario, country's always behind God and family. And I feel like that is best for the country if more people think that way. Because you want a country of God-fearing, family-oriented people. And no one likes to talk about it, but that's, that's what makes communities thrive. 
is focusing on the local, not the national. I agree. And at the end of the day, I also agree that family is what dictates most of my decisions. Yeah. It's uh, the final decision maker in anything I'm, I'm contemplating, anything I'm thinking about is my kids, my wife, sometimes my dog when he's been behaving and, and I like him a little bit more. But it's, uh, yeah. It's, you misspelled it's, Doug. <laughs> sometimes my Doug. No, it, it's funny because when I was young, I like I said, I, I love a good conflict. And I used to be that scrappy guy who'd go out looking for conflict. That was that was what I did. Then a lot of that was issues I had that I had to work out and get control of. But nowadays, I look at situations that I would have jumped into fang and claw when, in, in my early 20s. But I've got kids and I don't ever want to be taken away from my kids. That could mean me being hurt, me being killed, could mean me going to jail. Like any of those options are unacceptable. And and me being taken away from my kids is a huge factor in literally every decision I make. Yeah, family is is the one. Family, I, I understand, you know, God, family. But for me, the one that is most primary in my mind at all times, the one at the forefront is, is family. God shapes my ethics and God shapes the overall moral compass that I've already got. And I feel like I don't really need to think about that when I make a decision anymore. It, it's a heuristic for me, and, and it's God laid the foundation for why I make decisions generally. The thing that changed that really had an impact that is different from forever ago is now that I've got three kids and then I've got a, my wife. Gosh, been 16 years now with the wife. I don't want to lose her at this point. Sheesh. I was going to say, she's got to be fed up with you by now. Oh, I'm sure she is. But I gave probably. her three beautiful kids. and, um, and Yeah, well, that's probably her fault, not yours. So yeah, yeah, that's what I, I tell people all the time. They're like, wow, your girls are so cute. And I'm like, it's not my fault. <laughs> Blame my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I get my participation trophy and I'm good. I used to think she keeps me around because I can cook. But now she's eating gluten-free. And, and I actually now, Monday will be five weeks gluten-free for me. Four weeks. Four or five weeks gluten free for me. Um, uh, that's probably that why really your beard has been glowing now. a little bit more. Uh, been glutenless. Maybe that. Now I've had um <laughs> I've got some old injuries from my previous professional experiences, and one of them is uh is a nerve injury. And you you're pretty well mm-hmm. up to speed on. Oh this. oh, I'm really up to date on that one. Yeah. It turns out that a lot of the inflammation problems I have that are triggering issues with this nerve have gone away over the last month since I went gluten-free. You know, I am such an insensitive person. I welcome it. It's all right. That's why you get along with the jarheads and the grunts. Right. And... Well, I used to hear when people are like, oh, I'm allergic to gluten. I'd be like, like no, you're not. I, I used to ascribe that as a sensitive constitution body-wise. Yeah. I used to think that. And, you know, maybe it's just getting older where like even things like farts can hurt me now if they come out wrong. <laughs> um, but again, another ringing endorsement of my wife. She just, if you had told me a younger me, a handlebar mustache getting pulled over for a DUI me, that my wife was going to have like bowls of fruit around the house and we give the kids treats here and there. But like we focus on, you need to have fruits and veggies, but fruits and veggies aren't real meals. You need to have something substantive like grains breads you know all something filling lots of pasta so like um, kids are eating great but i'm eating better and in so many words since we've been married even if my weight hasn't changed i've 
felt better. And I, I can tell that I felt better, even though I'm, you know, years older now. So there's something to be said for all that for sure. And, and, and I, I absolutely can believe that even something kind of little, like, you know, it's when I think about it now, it's stupid. Like, Oh, you have DNA. It dictates everything you do. Well, guess what? Some people are better at sports than others. Some people have better vision, better hearing than others. It makes sense that some people would be more susceptible to certain food ingredients than others. You want to wade into a really hairy debate? Let's talk about IQ. You're going to tell me that intelligence quotients are somehow not partially predisposed to DNA, but literally everything else about us is? Yep. I mean, if you're born gay, then you're probably born smarter too. Let's really muddy the waters now. <laughs> That'll be a fun conversation. That will be our, our last episode. That'll be our last episode. Yeah. And when I say 427, so we got to wait <laughs> for a little while until we get there. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, which is probably a good thing. I'm all right with that. You know, I actually love that concept, though, because I did when I was in high school, they were not in my grade, but there were identical twins in my high school. And one of them was gay and one of them was not. And at first, everyone used to say, oh, this is proof that being gay is not biological, because if it was, then they both would be gay. But I mean, you could easily swing it the other way and just say, well, one of them just wasn't being true to himself. He was acting straight. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, what's to stop you from just swinging it the other way? I feel like that just muddies the water further and, and also on, the, on an issue like that. So I actually welcome that conversation. I think it's a good thought project. And their their environment growing up was probably more or less the same too. So if it's not biological, right. like it also shoots right. out environment. It shoots out the, it, it does make a dent in some of the nurture argument. That's the thing. I have my beliefs, but like I'm a thinker. I'm a philosophy major, man. I will argue against something I don't personally like. I personally believe in all day and love it because there's a lot of fun in there. <laughs> I just love to debate. I really do. I know that'll be a, a good one. But on the other side, we should go. Late and I should go. And I, I, yeah. yeah, I actually have to put in some time tomorrow. Everyone else is taking Veterans Day off, but I got to put some hours in in the morning. So, yeah, I can't tell if I my my five year old school says veterans day observed on all their calendars on friday but usually when there's no school it says no school and then it follows the answer and it doesn't say that it just says veterans day observed so this I'm seems probably... like something you should have checked in on before now it's fine <laughs> what it seems like i'm gonna should have been a phone call to the school maybe uh, before 11 30 the night before <laughs> i'm gonna drive up tomorrow and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna call it right then i'll be like sweetie don't get out of the car make sure, make sure you check your little smartphone app to make sure that you're sober enough to drive in the morning you know make sure you check that app and uh mm -hmm. plug your things in mail 185 pounds oh wait nope that's a nope. typo nope not anymore <laughs> all right thank you everybody for listening we appreciate you uh being patient through our soul bearing oh my god episode this was a long one. That was way more personal. Like I still have a picture of my handlebar mustache. I'll just post it. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you next week.